just want to read a few verses at the beginning. The Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. Because of the savor of thy good ointments, thy name is as ointment poured forth. Therefore do the virgins love thee. Draw me. We will run after thee. The king hath brought me into his chamber. We will be glad and rejoice in thee, and we will remember thy love more than wine. The upright love thee. I want to preach from really this phrase that says, draw me and we will run unto thee. It's a singular plural. That's an interesting statement. <clears throat> but I do want to preach to you today on one word, attraction, attraction. Savior, we ask you today to help us with your word, strengthen it to our hearts, bring us to a full and complete understanding. Let your will touch our spirits today. Go deeper than the outside and get into the heart and very heartbeat of life. Touch lives, I pray, in the name of the Lord. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. An interesting book, to say the least. It is one book that has been added to the Bible with very little reference to Christ except the inference that is there. Though this is a love story of Solomon, he wrote close to a hundred or maybe even more songs, and many of them are recorded in the Bible, and this is one of them. And it is called, at the beginning, the Song of Songs, which would relate to the King of Kings or the greatest of all songs or the greatest of all kings. And so he starts off with the Song of Songs, which would be the greatest of all songs. We, <clears throat> of course, look to this book as a very interesting book of a search. In fact, it's laid out in several different areas. The first area is the bride that longs for her lover. And the second is the lovers seek and find each other. And the third is the wedding process. And the fourth is the bride fears losing the bridegroom. And the fifth is the beauty of the bride. And of course, the ultimate beauty and power of love is summed up in there. It's not so much about Solomon as it is really about us because Solomon, of course, is dead and gone. His lovers and this love of his heart is gone. So it's not so much about Solomon as it is towards us and what attracts us. Draw me. The attraction. Draw me. And we will run after thee. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16 said, uh, He said unto the woman, I will greatly multiply 
thy sorrow and thy conception in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children and thy desire shall be to thy husband. The thing that our world is missing today is the fact of true love in marriage, true love in courtship, pure love after marriage, and the actual effects of love that draws people together. And of course, it's related in this particular Psalms of Solomon. But greater than that is to take it to us as we search for and are attracted to something in life, the attraction. My question to you today and will be throughout our lesson the next few moments is, what attracts you? Solomon pinned the words that I have used many times. I don't think I've ever preached these words, but I've used them many times. It's a constant prayer of mine that I don't want to just look for God. I want him to draw me. I want something that is attractive. I want something to attract me. I want something to get a hold of me, draw me, and I will run unto thee. God, if you will open the door, I'll walk through it. God, if you'll draw me, I will run unto thee. You see, there's so many things about attractions and what you're attracted to that you follow that attraction until you receive a union of that attraction. God, if you will inspire me, I will inspire others. This is kind of the input of this that I want to bring to you today because you can't get to God unless he draws you. But if he draws you, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with that attraction? God, if you'll inspire me, I'll inspire others. Can you make a commitment that God, if you will draw me, I'll run to you. If you will just put that attraction there, because there's so many attractions in our world. There's so much that is drawing our young people and drawing our families and drawing individuals to our world, as was already introduced in our word shot today, that Sin has a, an effect on us, but it's just a joy for a season. It's just a little while. Now, this has lasted me for 74 years. This attraction. Have you always been what you should be? Oh, no. But draw me, God. Keep that attraction there. Do something beyond what the world does. That's why church is so powerful when people step out of the pew in an apostolic church. We are buoyant. We are powerful. We are expressive. We are excited. And we have something that attracts us. <laughs> I so want to preach today. I so want to talk to our spirits today. 
And I want you to remember throughout the words that I say, I'm merely a preacher. Unless the preacher comes, uh, you won't even grasp what I'm trying to say. And you won't even understand the attraction or the pull that I want to talk about today. I have lived for God and been a failure. I cannot tell you that I have been perfect. I would not even try to boast of even being right. I just want to say that when God draws me, I run. When God touches my spirit, I say, oh, there's a love bond there. There's something greater than anything in this world when you have an attraction from God Almighty and God draws you. Oh, you can sit back and say, ah, not me, but I want to say to God today, thank you. You drew me. If you'll give me revelation, I'll help others and I'll not keep it to myself. If you'll heal me, this is all part of the attraction. If you'll heal me, I'll tell others. How many times have God touched you or somebody in your family that when you meet somebody and you begin to talk to them and you before you leave, you say, I just want to tell you, I have met Jesus Christ. He drew me. He healed me. He revealed to me. He inspired me. Draw me and we will run unto thee. John chapter 14 verse 5 said, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, now can we know the way. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. You can't be a Christian. You can't be saved without God drawing you. You felt the tug of God? What have you done with that attraction? That God said, I'm attracted to you. I love you. What have you done with that? Have you been able to say, I'm running towards you? I often wonder how the meeting of the prodigal and the father was. It just says that the father looked for him and saw him coming down the road. And there was still that attraction from the father to the son when the son was not worthy of the attraction. But they met somehow, somewhere, and I believe it was beyond the porch, and it was after the pig pen. Somewhere on the road, there was that drawing power that that prodigal said, if dad will accept me, I'll just be a servant. Too many of us say, well, if the church would like me, they could give me a position. Oh, no. How about just being a servant? Because God has drawn you. God has given you something that the world cannot give you. And the world certainly, as the song says, can't take it away. I'm reminded of the story in Luke chapter 19, verse number 1, that Jesus had passed through Jericho. 
and came to a little place where there was a gathering of people. Zacchaeus was a very rich man, the Bible says, but he wanted to see Jesus. He was the chief among publicans that was hated by everybody. He sought to see Jesus, who he really was. In his search, he was looking for Jesus. Somehow, I want to see him, but he could not for the press. Now, I'm going to deviate a little bit. I know what this Bible is saying there, but I want to use it a little differently. I don't care what the press says. The press is publicizing Christianity as a lesser thing. He couldn't get to him because of the press. Maybe you can't get to God because of everything you read. Maybe you can't get to God for everything you watch. What are you a part of and what attracts you? Something attracted Zacchaeus. He had uh, the money that needed to be. He was involved in the social realm of publicans uh, that would needed to be. But something was drawing his heart about what he had heard about Jesus. And he ran ahead of the crowd. And the Bible said that he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. Just to see him. I know the limit is here. He didn't want to know him. He ne didn't necessarily want to be a part of him. It didn't say that. It just said he climbed up in a tree to see him. What have you done to attract Jesus? When you lift your hands, he dwells in the worship of his people. Here I am, God. Here I am. Here I am, God. So Zacchaeus climbed up in a tree. And when Jesus noticed that he had put forth an effort to attract him, then Jesus attracted him. When Zacchaeus climbed into the tree, it's similar to us getting out of our pew and climbing a little higher in worship, saying, hey, here I am, God. But listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, okay, Zacchaeus, I want you to come down out of that tree. For today, I'm going to abide in your house. Zacchaeus could have been like a lot of us and said, not in my house. I got too many things in my house. Got too many, oh my. Got too much in my house that I don't want you to see. But he said, come on down. I want to go be at your house. You know what Zacchaeus did? He didn't make any excuses. He was attracted to God and made no excuses. The Bible said he made haste and he came down and received. The Bible said Jesus received him joyfully. He was rich. He was a publican. He was involved in society. Jesus said, come with me. I want to meet you at your house. I wonder what's in our house today that keeps us from really being what God wants us to be. 
Do you want Jesus in your house? I'm trying to preach today and I'm trying to contain myself right now because I'm going somewhere in just a minute. I wonder what you have in your house that keeps Jesus from being there. No, no, no. I'll just go to church once in a while. I don't want you in my home. I'll go to the church once in a while, but I don't want you in my life. What if God's drawing you and you're saying, no, 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 no. I'd rather have a picture on the wall of who you are. I'd rather have a statue on the car. Uh, you, did, you, did you know that everything that keeps you from living for God is an idol, therefore you're an idolatrous person? When God draws you and you say, oh, no, just keep your distance, that's idolatry? Why not give in when God said, I love you? And be like Solomon's writing said, draw me, and we will run unto thee. I wonder what God would do right now if somebody would just stop my preaching and make a way to the altar and say, I'm ready to live for God. The Bible said he received him joyfully. Then when all the people saw him, they murmured, saying, oh, he's gone to be a guest with a sinner. When are you going to quit worrying about what people are saying? Zacchaeus didn't worry about what people were saying. They murmured and said, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, what are you doing? What are you doing going to a sinner's house? He could have said, hey, I'm going to stay over here with all these friends that have all this influence and, and are involved with all these things and say, no, 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 you can't come to my house today. But I wonder if somebody in the hearing of my voice today could go deeper than society's murmuring and the things that are in your house and say, I'm ready for God to come to my house. When are you going to quit worrying about what others say? And so Jackius stood before the Lord and began to confess to him, I've tried to do what's right. And then Jesus said, the Bible said, verse 10 of this chapter, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. There's something about attraction. You know why I like these men? You know why I love being around you folks? Uh, you know why I like to come and shake your hands and I try to come early and visit? You know why I'm attracted to you? I really am. I love you as the body of Christ. But there's something that causes us to feel that attraction to one another. It's not who we are in this world. It's what God has made us to be. I love the house of God. I don't want to miss the house of God. And every once in a while somebody says, well, where have you been? Been on vacation? Not always am I on vacation. Usually sometimes when I'm gone, I'm preaching somewhere most of the time. But that's all right. You can think it's vacation. Because I love to be in church. Church is my life. Why? Because God drew me one day. Not only did he draw me as a seven-year-old boy when I fell at an altar and I prayed and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he's never stopped drawing me. Somebody in this house feel what I feel right now. God's love, God's spirit, God's power, God's word draws us and we, we come close to him. And so when we lift our hands to worship as we have today, and many of you have felt 
beyond what the human realm would expect in a church service. You've stepped out beyond what flesh would say, and you've reached for him because he drew you. Oh, hallelujah. There's something about the power of God today that I wish I could express. I wish I knew how to paint a word picture. I wish I knew how to make it real to you uh, in the fact that, and here's really an illustration, and I'm certainly not God, but Zane the other day, just a few weeks ago, he came down at the close of service. He, you saw him, and he got down here, and, and for some reason, his hand reached up. I wish we could have got a picture of it. And it's not because of me, but it's because of the hunger of that young boy was reaching, looking for something, and he reached up, and I tried to reach down to him. It's too far for me to reach, but God knows how to reach where you are. If you could just reach up a little bit when God's drawing you and reach back to him. Oh, hallelujah. I want to preach to somebody today that God has drawn you. He's reached for you. And you said, oh, no, not in my home. Not me. Not me. Let's talk about the bride of Christ for just a little bit because the love story does relate to that. Draw this church and we will run unto thee. The, the, the singular plural is interesting here because he said, draw me and we will run unto you. I like those spark plugs. I like those starters. I like, you know, to start a car, you have to put the key in the ignition. And I like it whenever somebody will put the key in the ignition and the car will start. And then you can load people up and haul them wherever you want to go. That's just a simple little carnal illustration. But somebody in the church is a starter. They're a spark plug. They get out of the pew first. They're the first one to raise their hand. They're the first one to say amen. Because God is drawing me and we. Somebody, somebody feels God's presence. You know what's interesting? When somebody breaks out of the pew as a sinner, backslider, cold, indifferent, lukewarm, distant from God, and they break out of that because God is drawing, the whole church draws drawn. <laughs> Draw me and we! Somebody, somebody let the Holy Ghost draw you and start working with you. Then we start running to him. The first one to break out of the pew. The first prodigal to look for the father. And the whole family has a big party. <laughs> Can you get what I'm trying to get to today? Do you really understand that a church is more than just a gathering? It's more than just a place you go to meet people. It's the power of the almighty God that's in this place that's drawing somebody and the rest of us get excited about it. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38 said, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, uh, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. That means God has pleasure in some. <laughs> oh, I love this. If he says, because you drew back, I have no pleasure in you. That means I have no more attraction. I have no more warmth, no feeling, no love. Somewhere you get to the place where you tell God no long enough. That God says I have no more pleasure in you. And then the sad part, Revelation, the book of Matthew talks in the seventh chapter about those that did great works and did wonderful things. But when they got to heaven, they thought, hey, this is me, God. And God says, 
I don't know who you are. I have no pleasure in you. You see, somewhere you have to understand the attraction only lasts for a while. If you remember when you were courting or you were searching or you were looking and if somebody did not respond after a while, you dropped them. You may have wished the rest of your life you had got them or you may be thankful you didn't. Who knows? But after a while, you just say, okay, it's not working, so I'm gone. Then God says, I have no pleasure. It seems like God does the same thing. Then after a while, he says, okay, that's what you want. I'll give it to you in its fullness. You sold your people for naught, didn't increase your price, the scripture said. So I'll give you the desires of your heart. Just go for it. Not me. I want to say, draw me. Just, just give me a little taste of your spirit. Give me a little earnest of your, my inheritance, and I'll run to you. So he said, I will have no pleasure in them. But we are not of them who draw back into perdition, but them that believe to the saving of our soul. We are those that go beyond the initial attraction. <laughs> I hope you're not stuck back there on the love story and you're thinking about your youth or something rather. I want you to understand what I'm really preaching about is something greater than courtship in this human life. It's the God of heaven that's courting you. It's the God of heaven that's attracted to you. It's the God of heaven that's reaching for you. It's the God of heaven that created the universe and said, I want a relationship with you. I love you. And I'm telling you, if you'll just say, draw me, Lord, this whole bride of Christ will join in and say, we will run with you. But we're not of them that draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh unto God. And he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts. Ye double-minded, be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. And let your laughter be turned into mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And he shall lift you up. Have you ever been down? You've just been down, you know. Until you get with your worldly friends and then you're all right for a little while and you come back and you're just down. Well, I have a God that will lift you and your worldly friends can't do it. The world can't do it. Society can't do it. But my God can. The Jews murmured at him because he said, I am the bread that comes down from heaven. They said, isn't this just Jesus, the son of Joseph? You know, the... Isn't this just a, just a church, just a, just a church service? This is just nothing. You know, we know what's going on here. How is it that God is saying he's more? He's the bread that comes down from heaven. It's, it's more than just Joseph's son. Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man cometh to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up. At the last day. Hallelujah. There's a whole discussion today about the law of attraction. And it goes into detail somewhat about what you're attracted to. And you seek after what you're attracted to. When you look in the mirror. When you look at society. 
When you look at the world, what is it you're attracted to? And so the law of attraction is you can have and pursue whatever you're attracted to. Success, money, claim, all friends, whatever. Whatever you're attracted to. But today I'm preaching it somewhat backwards to that. I'm trying to let you know that it's not just what you're attracted to, but it's who attracts you. God loves you. They say go after whatever you're attracted to. And a lot of people do that, whatever they're attracted to. I say today, draw us, God, and we will run unto thee. Money, success, popularity doesn't bring you what you want. When God is attracted to you, you must respond to him. One man said, the mind has a powerful way of attracting things that are in harmony with us, good or bad. That was an interesting statement that he made, and I pondered it, and it's so true, that the mind is a powerful tool, and what we are attracted to, sometimes the things become more to us than anything else, and that becomes idolatry. One another man said, never allow your mind to wander untamed like a wild animal that exists on the basis of survival of the fittest. And it's an interesting statement that your mind just goes after, okay, whatever I can survive with myself, whatever I can do with myself. And then he went on to say, tame your mind with constant focus on your goals and your desires. Draw me, and we will run unto thee. Your mind is like a flower. Let it unfold. What a great message. When it opens, respond to God. Your brain is like a giant computer. There's data going in and data going out constantly. Sophia Nelson said, there comes a day when you realize that turning the page in the book of your life the best feeling in the world because you realize that there is so much more to the book than the page that you're stuck on. Turn the page. I have written with people that, in fact, the other day was riding with somebody and I, I said, I said, man, we got here safe, but three times we got so close to heaven that we heard St. Peter turn the page. Somewhere you have to realize that I'm stuck in this mode on this particular page of my life. But there comes a day when you realize that turning the page in the book of your life is the best feeling you've ever had. Because you realize there's greater things in the book than the page you're stuck on. Look at it this way. You're the editor. God is the author and finisher of our faith. He's the author and the finisher, but you're the editor. When God is writing faith in your heart, in your life, you edit it out. I can hardly say this next statement without feeling the pressure. When God is drawing you, you edit it out. When God is writing joy into your life, you edit 
it out. When God wants to put peace in your mind, when you're troubled about the direction you're going, and God says, I can give you peace through all this, you just edit it out. Because I'm a publican, I'm rich, I, I'm involved with the world, I have friends, I have this, I have that. Whatever the situation is, or I'm, I'm not well, or whatever the hindrance is, I, I want to stay where I am. Oh no, if God is drawing you, you have to get to the place where you say, just draw me and I will run. If God's drawing somebody, I'm here to tell you, he will not always draw. Remember the love story. You can read the book of Solomon. You can see that there was a pulling away. There was, then there was a search because of the loss. And there was a desire to find and could not find. Help me find the men in the street. Try to help me find it. And you get there. But no, 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 not some. Some say, oh, no, I'm editing that all out. I don't want God drawing me. Victory, when you really need victory in your life and overcoming power of the Holy Ghost, you say, I know what it, I know what it costs. No, no, I'm editing that out. When God wants to forgive you and wash you clean, you just edit it out. When the power to overcome, the power to live for God comes, you edit it out. The strength to live godly and overcoming power of God, you just edit it out. When God draws you and tries to attract you, uh, you just edit it out. Draw me, and I will run unto thee. What are you attracted to? Will you edit it out? Will you edit out the voice of God? I don't want to listen to that. Is God attracting you, and you are editing it out? In Job's writings, we find these sayings, For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, in slumberings upon the bed, then he openeth the ears of men and sealeth their instructions that he may withdraw that he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from man. He keepeth back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. Somewhere in the spirit of God, I can preach to you today that even in Job's writings and the writings of this passage that I've given to you, uh, that there is a time that God wants to say to you, I love you so much. And I'm attracted to you so much. I love you more than the things of the world and the positions of life that you find yourself in. I want to preach to this congregation this morning in the concluding remarks of my lesson today that if this church ever walks away from truth and loses what God has given to us, this would be an empty building though full of people. Because it's lacking the drawing power of the Almighty. Thank God for worship in this house. Thank God for the Holy Ghost in this house. Thank God for the Word of God in this house. Thank God for the power of God in this house. Thank God for His drawing power. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I feel that in this building right now. I feel the power of the Almighty God in this building. If somebody could just say, okay, God, I've ran. I've been where oh, I want you. God, draw me. Draw me. And we, the bride, will come unto thee, draw me, God. 
Oh, no. No, I'm going to edit that out. Oh, no. There, there's a little side of me that I feel somebody's editing out the drawing of God. Why not say, okay, I'm going to run to you, and this church will run with you. If you're interested, just keep on praying, man. You'll keep on praying. That's right. Keep on praying. The Holy Ghost is yours. Uh, the power and the anointing of God is yours uh, because he's drawing him. Uh, oh, hallelujah. What are you lacking in your draw? What are you lacking in your, your attraction to God? God is trying to say as he knocks on your heart, I love you. I'm drawing you. Come on. Come on. Come on. The church is waiting on somebody, somebody to say, draw me, Lord, and we, that singular plural, draw me and we will run. Draw me and we will run. I, I love it. If somebody says, draw me, the church will say, aha, we will run unto thee. That's it, Manuel. That's it. Let the Holy Ghost fall upon you. Just keep praying. I have to go this far. Just keep praying. Revelation 22, 13. Just keep praying, but I have to do this. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates in this city. Brother Chris, put Revelation 22, 13 on for me. Those of you that are worshiping and can read, go to 14. Blessed are they that do the commandment. Blessed are those that respond. 15. Verse 15. Here's the comparisons, church. Keep praying. The Holy Ghost is here. God's Spirit is drawing. Here's the comparison. Blessed are they that do the commandments of God because outside are dogs, Sorcerers, whoremongers, murders, idolaters, whosoever loveth and maketh the lie. Where are you going to dwell? You're going to dwell with the blessed. And are you going to dwell with the blessed? Or are you going to dwell on the outside without? God is saying, hey, I love you. God is attracted to you. Verse 17, and the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. Let him that is a thirst come. Whosoever will, let him come. Let him drink of the waters of life freely. Okay, church, come on. If somebody's not going to come, we're going to come. That's right. Come on, let's love him for a moment. Draw me and we will run unto thee. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Such a powerful anointing of God today. The Father is off the porch. The Father is walking towards you. The Father is saying, I love you. Come home. We'll have a party. We'll make a big feast. We'll make it happen for you. No, I'm editing that out. I'm writing that off. It's not a song of songs to me. I don't want that part. 
Just leave me alone. Don't draw me. But look at here. Look at here. Can all of these people be wrong? Can all of these hungry hearts be wrong? God bless you, Maria. God bless you. So good to see you. We love you. God loves you. Hallelujah. You don't have to take the tuck head. You can lift your head up with joy and say, thank God you drew me. The church is saying, come. Everybody that's heard says, come. Take of the waters of life freely and drink. Drink to your heart's content. Drink until you have all and continue to have something that will never stop flowing. The love of God, the righteousness of God, the power of God. My, 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 my. There's nothing like it in all the world. There's nothing close to it in all the world. It's the power of God. It's the love of God that washes your sin away and cleanses you and makes you right in Him. And then He receives you joyfully. I know very little about this man's history, but I do know enough that he's not worthy to be in this house. I know a lot about me and I know a lot about my history and I'm not worthy to be in this house, but I'm joining together with him because God is drawing us no matter what our history is, no matter what our failures are, no matter what we've done in the past, he wants to receive us joyfully. Joyfully. Oh, come on, somebody shout with a voice of triumph. He wants to receive you joyfully. He wants to receive you joyfully. He wants to receive you joyfully. Oh, hallelujah. Oh